Welcome to Pathfinder Academy. Class is now in session. Here are your professors, Caleb and Christian. Good morning, class. You may be seated. Today's class is Pathfinder 203, Character Death. We're going to talk all about how to kill your characters. Now, let's be... Let's make sure we use our verbiage correctly. We're killing our characters. Our players will survive. <laughs> it's not about player death. That's a whole other podcast that I do from prison. <laughs> we'll be talking about that on extra credit. <laughs> yeah. Pathfinder 203 extra credit, player death. <laughs> and how when someone really makes you angry, you just kill them so you don't have to deal with their problems anymore. I'm too, I'm too scared to kick them out, so I'll just murder them. We'll be talking about- It's easier to hide a body than to talk to somebody. Am I right, guys? Am I right, introverts? We'll be talking about fair and balanced ways to murder your peers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> characters are there. I have a real connection to my characters, uh, especially my first one, and uh, maybe even first couple. Uh, I think we said earlier, maybe it was definitely in the, in the 100 series about how generally the first character anyone makes is pretty much their little fantasy of what they want to be, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So when that guy screws up, rolls a natural one, and falls off a cliff and dies, you're like, but no. But no, he's supposed to be epic, and 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 you end up feeling uh, a real bad. So we're gonna go over some of our our how our players' characters died uh, or were taken out of the game. It doesn't necessarily have to be death. How some of our characters died, uh, and some of the do's and don'ts. And I can certainly speak about a lot of the don'ts because I had a lot of character death at the beginning of my Pathfinder career, um, and I didn't handle them all so perfectly. So let's just get right into some of these examples. I first want to touch on something you just mentioned in that a lot of people make characters, first characters them, and then they do something like roll a natural one and die in a really silly way. That is a real possibility in Pathfinder. Your character might die like a total wimp. They might get overwhelmed by goblins in the first encounter. It's stuff like that sh- hopefully shouldn't happen, but it sometimes does. You, when you make your character and when you prep for that campaign, you should be on the same level as your DM to know what level of character death should we expect. And you have to construct your character such that if they end up dying in a very anticlimactic way, you're okay with that because it's totally possible. Right, yeah, you get you got to get mentally prepared for that. So when my first character death, I was uh, playing, and it's not going to make any sense until I, I explain it later, I was playing Guy Montag or Valerian Mengsk. Uh, people who listen to Trailblazers know who he is. Uh, I had him as a character, and then one of our players took over GMing for a little bit. He wanted to try his hand at it. Took place in my world, then he let me be Guy. And I was Guy. He was he was like a 10th level fighter, or like a 5th level wizard, 5th level fighter, whatever. Which, right off the bat, means I'm not actually as strong as any 10 level fighter or 10 level wizard. Uh, I'm actually a little bit weak. But uh, we played, and uh, I made a dumb decision. And because of my dumb decision... Uh, I died. Uh, oh, it was it was almost a TPK. The other two players had like fantastic reflex saves, and they fell and they captured. Uh, they grabbed a, a a branch off of the cliff, but didn't go to the plummeting rocks below and their watery depths. But I sure did. Uh, when I lost him, like my immediate reaction was like I even said it out loud. I'm embarrassed. I said, like, "Can we reverse time?" <laughs> it was just my immediate reaction because I'm like, "Oh no, I just lost." Who was my favorite character in the story? Enough that I even I even decided I want to play this guy. I was like blown away, and for like the next couple weeks, I was thinking about it and just like how just I was just like I was almost saddened by it. it's 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 really dorky to say. I was like I was sad from the death of this character. But think about maybe your favorite book or a TV show or even a movie when a character dies. And I don't know if you, but I'm a, I'm a crier. I cried at like 
Oh, it's very easy to make me cry. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Oh, like every time I like insult your nose or your looks, you do. Mm-hmm, I see yeah. a tear. In the I, eye. I hold it in until I'm gone, and then I just go <laughs> in my car and ball. <laughs> um, but yeah. It, so to me, it was a character who I'd seen more than a three-hour movie. Movie's three hours. That's a little long for a movie. Maybe if you're watching like a hundred and Water World or something, a <laughs> hundred and eighty-minute movie. Uh, I had I had been with him for, and this is way at the beginning of my campaign. So for those eight hour sessions every week, so for months for that, it was just somebody I just felt close to, just because I, I knew the character and I even played the character. So it was it was very disappointing and as weird as it is to say, sad to lose him. I didn't really understand that until it happened to me. Before that, when my character, uh, my uh, player's character died, and they were upset, I couldn't understand why. And it took me a while to kind of get that empathy. Why? There's a saying, you don't have to be hit with a brick to know it hurts, but sometimes you have to be hit with a brick to know how it hurts. And so if, if for anyone listening out there, first time GMs or who haven't had any characters die, I, I really hope you listen to this and try to get some of that empathy now so you don't make some of the mistakes I made. Let's talk about my mistakes. <laughs> my first mistake uh, for character death wise. So my players all, actually this is kind of a, a group mistake. My players all died in a dumb way. They went out in the middle of a blizzard. I literally gave them a way out of it. Like if they waited a week, a guy was going to, or a month, a guy was going to come by and pick them up and then take them through like the wastelands to get to the next town. They said, we can do it. We don't want to wait a month. Our time is valuable. And so they tried to trudge through the snow. They made no preparation. So they couldn't make good survival checks. They couldn't get any food to sustain themselves, find warm shelter, uh, create things so that, so they died in the blizzard. They froze to death. Uh, it was kind of sad. This one guy was a cavalier. So he was like, you know, petting his horses. It was freezing to death. They were like, no, Kanto, no. <laughs> y- you consider that a mistake? Well, uh, that they, it was very early in campaign and they were all just like, we can do it. <clears throat> Walking's going to take longer than a month anyway, especially in the snow. You brought nothing. And so they all froze to death. Yeah, I consider that a dumb TPK a mistake. But not your mistake. Well, I'll tell you about my mistake in a second. Okay, that's why I was, I was like, that sounds completely reasonable. Players aren't invincible. Right. I mean... The thing I'm playing no, 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 with, no. you guys were trekking through the desert. I was like, you guys don't have water. And you guys are like, oh, let's just go anyway. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And we we really, we we uh, we lawyered that one. We're like, ah, we set up my tent. We freeze it, weigh it for melt, cut a little hole, instant water canteen <laughs> refill. Players, if, if you're going to tell them they're about to die, like you said, they all become rules lawyers. Like, we'll figure this out. <laughs> so anyway, um, so that, that happened. So at the end of it, uh, you know, one character died first. Because uh, he kind of tried to separate from the group, trying to go out find food or whatever, and he froze to death. And the other players were just like a cuddle and a little, almost like kind of igloo they made, just like cuddling, and just they were too cold to really go out and do anything. And then you know one was uh, freezing, and so there was only there was only two left. One died, and there was the last one left alive. And so I, like a moron, said to my player who's left alive, uh, his character's name was Nero. Uh, I said, um, "Do you want your character?" to live are you cool making a new character and he's like i want him to live so um the reason i asked that was because somebody was just about to find them and i was going to decide whether or not he finds them after they're dead or just in time to save nero that's a dumb situation you're offering one player something you've not offered the entire group right you that's very unfair i should have offered it to all of them or none of them i don't know it's like at the last minute i thought oh you know i might as well be nice like instead of thinking (laughs) at the beginning and so it came from a good place but it was very unfair so the guy came uh grabbed the dead body one of the players he was in love with the character and you know uh grabbed the dead body to go give it a burial and, and grabbed nero who was still alive kept him warm and brought him to the next spot very unfair of me i did not handle character death well luckily the player um 
one of my players, the guy who had the horse, the cavalier, he just made uh, a ninja and it ended up like the cavalier he made. He tried to make it into a ninja anyway. <laughs> so it was like good for him to die. He actually make a ninja that reflected a ninja. So he didn't feel too bad about it because he kind of still was able to make the character he wanted and even better. But the other character who died, she was uh, understandably upset that she didn't get an opportunity to save her character. And Nero did. Completely my fault. I was unfair. Yeah, I just it would have been easily handled just don't say it out loud, roll dice. And whether rolling the dice actually was just a 50-50 chance of he gets saved or he doesn't, or if it was just for show and you had already decided in your head, it wouldn't make a difference to the players. They wouldn't know the difference. Right. Yeah, that, that's the way to go about it. I just I feel so bad. I'm so unfair. And it, like I said, I was just trying to be nice. It was just like, oh, maybe I should give him a chance. Yeah, I think everything up until then, that that's fine. Players, characters aren't invincible. Players are effectively invincible <laughs> from the threats of the world of Pathfinder. <laughs> from anything I can accost them with as a scrawny man, yes, yes, they're invincible. <laughs> I put a virus in your computer. <laughs> Don't mess with me. But yeah, up until then, like, that would feel really bad as another player. Like, oh, wait, but I just die. I just freeze. And he's like, oh, you you can live. <laughs> right. yeah, how about you? Right. And I liked your character anyway far more than this the, the Nero's. I don't know. I just, uh, ugh. Um, and to really blow everyone's minds in Trailblazers, those characters was Guy came and saved Nero and Mana was the person that died. I'll blow everyone who watches Trailblazers' mind. How do how are they alive now? You'll never know. <laughs> I'll tell you later. So, uh, why don't we go to one of your character deaths and how you either handle it right or wrong. I was running a level one module. It was like a one-two session thing. It was very short. And my players confronted someone at a mansion. And there was enemies at the top of the stairs throwing stuff at them. Were they saying, like, your mother smells of it, the berry? Uh, no, they weren't They weren't really taunting them or anything. They were very quiet and professional. And the guy, the big tank guy, it was like level one. The guy had like 20 plus AC. He goes to walk up the stairs and he gets hit with a Tanglefoot bag. He has no reflex save and very low touch AC. So it hits him and sticks him to the ground. And he only had a bludgeoning weapon, so he couldn't cut himself oh, three. No. Always carry dagger, folks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and he kept failing his strength checks to break it. So another character decided to run up the steps ahead of him. He walked straight up the steps, landed right in between the two guys that were throwing stuff. It passed over to their turns. They flanked him. They ended up both being rogues. And max damage sneak attacked him, both of them. Oh, no. And he just died after walking up the steps. (laughs) And, like, I still don't know if that was a mistake or not, but because it was level one, it's very hard to avoid deaths at level one because they have such little hit points. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. I mean, the person was okay with it. It was toward the end. He was he, cool. he was he was ended up because he was actually playing a third party class that I didn't know about. And he was kind of just murdering anything anyway. So he's like a death god up until right then when he just got stabbed. <laughs> how, how did he react? I'm very interested. Was he upset it was, about it? He was pretty indifferent. Was this a, a more of a role playing or more of a combat centered campaign? Um, it was, it, it was both. I that mine is almost always more role-playing than combat-centric. It was definitely both. There was a lot of role-play. I think that was actually the first combat they had come into, first or second. <laughs> and what ended up happening is that there was a section after that, and I just said, you know, one of the... They were in working with the guards, or they were hired by the guards, so I said, I'll either make you one, or you make a level one fighter that is a guard, and make it whatever you want to be, and that's the character you'll play for the last leg of this module. And he was fine with that. He made a character named Garden Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> what, did he carry around a, a candlestick instead of a crowbar? I, I forget. He did have something akin, like the closest thing he can get to a crowbar. It was like a <laughs> elephant gourd or something strange <laughs> like that. A ladle. It's a very big ladle. 
This is also when we're playing Chrono Trigger. But I still don't know how I feel about that because I, th- I think I've made a mistake and that was when I was, if I had a bunch of enemies, I just kind of took all their initiatives at once. Yeah, but that, that, that is a legitimate way to do yeah. it. You can do all allies, all enemies, especially do it when it's very large encounters. Um, but the guy ran in between two rogues. And but there was no way for him to know that, though. It's not but like they still, were like, you, haha, we're rogues, you don't take put, this. You don't put yourself in a flanking position. <laughs> right, right. I, I think he probably felt, that's why I think, I think he felt he was okay with it. Because yeah. he felt invincible right up until he got stabbed. He's like, oh, wait, I'm not invincible. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Too late to learn that. Uh, no, it seems fair to me. And long as he wasn't upset. Uh, so it's about one that is not wrong, not right. It's in between. It's a very interesting case. I I do cutscenes once in a while in a big event or whatever. And cutscenes essentially for my characters. We'll talk more about it in storytelling tips. Uh, cutscenes are something my characters can't control. I just know my characters well enough to kind of say how they would do something. So I had a cutscene where my character Hanzo, uh, which is the same ninja dude who the mic player made the ninja after his cavalier died it was hanzo he was a ninja and uh he uh he wakes up in the middle of the night and a head the headless horseman uh, uh the dulahan as it's called in the bestiary but i called him the headless hunter because i kind of reskinned him a little bit uh was standing over him picked him up and threw him off the bed and uh and said uh, give me the key hanzo had a key that was very special and so i described for like the next 10 minutes this epic fight that happened between this headless hunter and hanzo like it, uh, and it was like a, a, a it was a grand event. The key was a very special key that if you use in a door, you go to a, a special room and you could teleport anywhere you want in the world. So they were like going all over the world having this fight. And in the in the end of the battle, it was very long, very intense. Hanzo lost, and the headless hunter cut off his head, grabbed the key, and then I said, "Everyone wakes up." And you realize it was a vision, and you hear from upstairs in Hanzo's room some tussle. They all had just gotten a vision of what was happened five seconds in the future. So they could all intervene and go stop it. But until they intervened, events were going to take place exactly as they had just saw. And Hanzo didn't get the vision. He just wakes up and all of a sudden there's the Headless Hunter. Mm-hmm. And it made a very interesting encounter and they stopped it from happening. And Hanzo was kind of laughing afterwards. I'm like, what do you think I was going to actually kill your character in a cutscene you had no <laughs> control over? And he said, uh, actually, I would have been cool with it. And that struck me because I would immediately give the advice, never kill your character right. in a cutscene. Never give them something where they had no control and they just die. Story says you die. No, like that doesn't, that's, talk about a way to upset Yeah, I was really worried, re, like listening to the first half, I was like, oh, Caleb, who, you're giving <laughs> advice to other GMs right now? <laughs> that would, I would understand why the player would be upset. I'd be like, I don't want to play your campaigns anymore if my characters can just randomly die. Uh, but the story of what happened in the cutscene was so epic and cool that he would have been cool dying because it's not like, oh, I rolled a one and I died. He had this epic fight. Not This is not, you can even be a lame uh, or um, an average storyteller. I'm not saying my ability to spin yarn is so perfect. <laughs> but I knew my players well enough to know what they would do and how that encounter kind of would have gone. So the fact that in that cutscene, in that battle, he was epic. All the things he did was really cool made him feel good about it. So I, I think that was very interesting. It's I, I wouldn't listen to Han uh, to my player David and kill the guy in the character because it because it, it was a cool ending. I still would give the advice: don't kill somebody in a cutscene. Never, scene. no. <laughs> but I found it very interesting that he said, "Oh, I would have been cool with it." So it's because the cutscene had him doing cool things. Right. Maybe he felt it was like an ending befitting of his character that he maybe felt he wouldn't be able to meet otherwise mm-hmm. or maybe perhaps this happens to me sometimes maybe he got tired of the character and wouldn't mind if he ended up dying that's true and like he doesn't want to just throw him to the wolves and like walk out and do nothing in combat to force himself to die mm-hmm. 
What if that's something you would have to talk to his DM about? You turn Christian. I pass the hat to you. It was a break from our campaign. I was running a very, very silly um, kind of a one shot. It's a series of one shots where my players are all hunting fantasy terrorists. What equate to fantasy terrorists? It was, Freedom fighters, but go on. Yeah. <laughs> they were chasing after the fantasy version of what I made Nicki Minaj. And <laughs> what? It, it was a very silly campaign. It sounds like <laughs> it. And Nicki Minaj ended up being possessed by um, what was it? Asidon. Asidon. Okay. It was a giant ass creature okay. <laughs> from the Asbis. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and two of my players were gnomes, and uh, there was like six, or I think there were six players. So I had to make combat particularly difficult. And this was a really giant creature coming from another dimension, and it was like a giant butt with tentacles coming out of it or something like that. And when they got into a fight with it, when it revealed itself, it actually detached from Nick Badonk, was Nicki Minaj. It detached itself, and she actually had a really flat butt. <laughs> it was all an illusion. Um, and they fought it. It immediately said there was two gnomes, and it said out loud, I'm coming for those sweet gnome butts. <laughs> okay. There was a gnome gunslinger, and I forget what the other gnome, um, some sort of fighter alchemist. And in combat, it went for them actively. I warned them about it. I told it said, I'm going to come get you. And it had like eight tentacles. And it was a rather unfair fight because it was very powerful. But again, that's because there were seven people. So the gnome gunslinger got close enough to hit touch AC, which put him in reach of a full round attack and basically got torn apart by all the tentacles. In, a butt Thulu. Yeah, by in about two rounds. Okay. I didn't, And then I think the other one also ended up getting too close and dying. Again, I'm not sure how I feel about that one because I specifically told them. I, he said, I'm coming to kill you. I'm going to... It, you. They actually saw it ignoring everyone else and they just had to stay away from it. And it probably would have just tried to get to them. But they ended up getting too close and it was a very, very powerful creature that hit them with a lot of natural attacks. Did they try to avoid him? Not until they got hit the first time. <laughs> <laughs> After they got reduced to about 10 hit points, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe this wasn't a great idea. How did your players f- it sounds like a silly campaign. How did the players feel after their characters died? Uh, I think one was kind of upset, and I think that's just because the player typically doesn't have characters die, so they're not accustomed to it. Uh, that might have been their yeah. first or second character death mm-hmm. ever. Uh, the other one was okay with it. He was kind of upset because he really liked that character, and it's one he planned on using for a while. Gotcha. Well, we keep talking about... Um, Either we made a mistake or our players made a mistake, but I want to talk about player response to a character death. I had a player kind of very similar to yours thing. Uh, they were in like the final battle of a season. They're after the the emperor and they're fighting him, right? Big epic battle. And this wizard was just rinsing, or uh, it was a caster. I don't think she was a wizard. The caster was just rinsing these people. And so the emperor said, somebody kill that caster. So one of his guards went up and went straight for her. Kind of like your thing, like, I'm coming for you. He said, somebody get her. Why are we ignoring her in the back? Go kill her. Why is she unaccosted? <laughs> uh, went over there and um, and no one really was able to, or didn't do much to try to stop him. And got up to her and ended up killing her. After it was the, it was a whole battle, final battle, and I'm super cool with players dying in a final battle. It's like the epic thing. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, no dice were fudged. It's just the way it was, right? So it happened, and and it was a fair, fair death. Everyone felt it was fair, uh, including her. But after like she was silent, and her her brother had happened to to come over to kind of like to watch it, to tag along. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the purpose of, I want to see if this is something I'm interested in doing later. And so you know, she said, I'm going to drive my brother home. I'm like, okay. And she drove her brother home and, and didn't come back. 
and we're, and we're like waiting a little bit and like could somebody text her and she's like, like oh she's not coming back and over like the next bit we figured out like she was upset that her character had died and that nobody was uh like and she like go get her body and bury it and give it like a respectful burial and all that which made sense the players were in just had finished like this epic encounter and they were trying to figure out we've just deposed this king what do we do now the last thing in their mind was just a fallen um, ally they were trying to do what was the next step now sorry nobody tried to take power we're gonna go handle this burial real quick right <laughs> uh but she was just upset and and it's not the most unreasonable request but she was upset that players didn't do something she was expecting them to do or or, or thought that should be done to respect her character because she had that level of respect for her character she puts a lot into her characters she loves her characters and like me when she lost a character she was upset and saddened by it and the way it came out for her was uh, a, a bit of anger mixed with i want to be alone <laughs> right mm-hmm. and you know um later on we all got together and, and she kind of said sorry and not so many words and we're all cool with it and it moved on but i didn't know how to react to that and Caleb's poor reaction was trying to figure out, hey, why won't you, hey, why aren't you coming back? What's going on? I'm like, Caleb should have seen it. Hey, she's upset. Now let's, we can meet next week and, and continue the story. But I kept trying to like continue it now, which was not the thing to do. Got to give her uh, some time. And my players were reacting in a bad way where like they obviously saw, saw she was upset. So we're trying to do things to try mm-hmm. to make her feel better. And it was like just making it worse. Like, oh, well, why don't we go see where the grave of all the people died? And it was just like, she was like, like putting her hand hands in her head her head in her hands she's putting her hands in her head it was really weird she's putting her head in her hands and it's just like you understand what i'm saying yeah um and again it's all just coming from a good heart like oh we're trying to make you feel better but nothing would make her feel better but time right that's just what she needed so you've got to understand what i need what i want you to take away from that is not if anybody did anything wrong but i want you as a gm if you're listening to this to understand that some players will have deeper connections to their characters than others. And you've got to respect that. Maybe give it some time after a character dies. Make sure you do not gloss over. Here's the worst thing you or your players can say after a character has died. Oh, great. Now it's less to um, less people to divide the XP by. What'd she have on her sheet? Oh, did she have his magical stat? Oh, gosh. Like, they were doing that, man. Were they? Yeah, bo- both of us. Uh I, I, I may have made a joke or two, but I definitely remember them saying things like that. It's like like they were trying to make light of it, almost to cheer up. Not the effect it had. Not the effect it had, right? Uh, so players and GMs take that away. Don't say those kinds of things, especially around somebody who's very connected to their character. Really only makes things worse, makes them feel very bad. It makes you feel like I wasn't important to me. It's better to them. I'm not even around so they can get better experience and better loot and they can steal my coins and stuff. You don't want to feel that way right. or or make your players, other players or your players feel that way. That's where I want to bring up where I feel a really important part of character death is as a GM, you have to be prepared in the sense that if a character dies, you should give the player something to do. You don't want someone to die and then just sit there and watch everyone else mm-hmm. do, especially if they're not doing anything particularly important in the story. If you end up dying in a rather unimportant part, you want to make sure you have something for the uh, player to do. For instance, my one character died in that one shot. I ha- I already had had sheets for the guard made. And I said, you can use that or you can make your own. So he said, I will make my own. And then he went to making that. So he immediately had something to do. So he didn't have to dwell on it and feel sad about his character and watch everyone else play. He could get back into the game. Right. That's rough, though. Uh, it should be an option made available to them. Don't force them. They might not want to do anything. 
they might just want to sit there and kind of try to get over it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Just sit there and deal with the emotions. Like, I don't want anything else put on me right now. I just need some alone time. I need some me time for a second. Um, that's certainly the way I would feel and, and some of my players have felt in the past. Maybe I'm just emotionally stunted. No, <laughs> no, no. Everybody's different, Christian. And uh, other people, like you said, maybe they weren't so connected to their characters or maybe getting their mind off of it is the thing to do. So have that available to them. Uh, hey, you can make a character. Here's my laptop. Right. I'm not saying force it on them. Right. But. Yeah. Here's my laptop. You can now make your new character or... Or um, what other options could there be? Uh, giving them an NPC. Mm-hmm. Uh, like here, the battle's still going on. Can you be this goblin for me? Um, there, if you're, if you're upset, if you think if you think you died because your party didn't help you out there, here's a goblin. Try to kill him back. <laughs> uh, what else? What else could you do to get? What else could well, they do? Well, one of my one of my uh, characters, he never ended up dying yet. But what I did was that um, he was prepared to die. And he had like a note on him that if he died and the players looked through his stuff, they would find the note. So at least that gave him something to say after death. And if maybe if you didn't have one, if you die, you make one up real quick. That's good. I like that. Maybe the GM has something for like, I don't know, you, they might ask like you to explain something you did, something how you felt, maybe give the other players a vision. It, It all depends on the context of how they die in the story. I definitely like to hear uh, your guys' suggestions. Send them into tblazernetwork at gmail.com. I'd love to hear uh, what you think. What, do you, what have you done in the past or what has GMs done for you to give you something to do? Sometimes I think it's unavoidable that you just have to kind of watch. Like at the end there, that was the end of a big season. Um, there's nothing much they can do but just watch it kind of play out or drive their brother home because they're upset. Uh, <laughs> So I think that that's just the nature of the beast. It's varied. It's varied. It's varied as people are. There is responses to their emotions. Welcome, everyone, to today's game show. Last we left off, you had control of the board. David, go ahead and pick a category. I'll take weak spots for 600, Caleb. I already told you that isn't a category. In that case, I'll take things that don't fit in castles for 400. All right. For $400, here's the answer. This massive thing won't fit into a castle. Dom. What is a dragon? That is correct. All right, we surveyed 100 people. Top five answers are on the board. We come across an obviously important character who I've spent hours preparing as a critical pivot point to the story. What do you do? Yes, David. I shoot him in the face. That is correct. And that means you have reached the million dollar question. Here we go. David, for a million dollars, this podcast is an entertaining podcast where a couple of friends get together, hang out, and play the tabletop RPG Pathfinder together. Is it A, the Trailblazers actual play podcast? B, Pathfinder Academy, an informative podcast about the same game? C, the Trailblazer Network on iTunes where you can find both of these shows and more? Or D, more information on our website at tblazer.net? I don't know, that's a tough one. I'd like to phone a friend. All right, let's get Dom on the line. Dom, I'm stuck here. Can you help me out? I sure can. The answer's A, the Trailblazers podcast. Is that your final answer? Yes, A, the Trailblazers podcast. That's correct! And everyone's a winner because everyone can listen to the Trailblazers podcast every Tuesday right here on the Trailblazer Network. Because the only thing nerdier than playing RPGs is listening to shows about people playing RPGs.
Opinions on what I'm about to say, I think, are pretty cut 50-50. Uh, depends on GMs and how they play. Okay. <laughs> um, I think it's at least 55-45. As the GM, you have executive control over when and how people die. And you should avoid senseless deaths, I feel. Mm-hmm. If something if for instance... My players are going up, we're in an adventure module, Rise of the Ruin Lords. They're going up against a boss who is renowned for TPKs, a stupidly powerful boss that I wasn't really nerfing in any way. I was going to see how they handled it. First round, rolls a natural 20 on a times three weapon that would have straight up one shot the first person, the, the frontliner of the party, which would have just let her, the boss just run over to everyone else. But I don't roll completely in the open. Mm-hmm. So... I didn't instantly kill them. I only made it like a times two weapon or something like that because gotcha. I it was already going to be a hard enough fight and I didn't want them to just be taken out in the first round. I felt that was incredibly unfair, incredibly unfun. It didn't really add anything to the game if you just died because they were probably going to die anyway. How, how do you feel about something like that? Fudge, not, fudging dice rolls when it's incredibly unfair. So some people abide by the dice no matter what. They say that the dice confer the story and that you shouldn't ever stray from them. Yeah, we'll talk about this more later, but uh, I'm definitely with you there. If I have a, a dumb random goblin in some cave, roll 20, and I'm not going to make my player die to a random crit from a goblin. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not right off the bat anyway. If it was a long drawn out battle, maybe at the end of it, but it's not the way it happens. Not if not if I have a say in it. Right. I'm with you there. We have a lot of control over when players die. I can just throw in a level uh, a CR 20 dragon, right. kill everybody at any time. Right. It's <laughs> not, don't do not that. the point of the game though. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, so yeah, I agree with you. I think it in um, the standard everyday encounter is not the time to kill your players if it can be avoided. If everybody's playing right, I think we said like before, if the dumb idiot wants to explore by himself as a loner, he dies. It's his own dumb fault. Right. I'm cool killing people if they make dumb decisions. And I shouldn't even say that they kill themselves. I'm cool with people dying if they make dumb decisions. But if everybody's playing the game right, I don't like to kill my players or have them die to some dumb random goblin or random bear. Or a goblin bear. Or a bear goblin. <laughs> a werebear goblin. Actually, I would, dying to a werebear goblin would be pretty metal. <laughs> <laughs> Only because he has long hair and constantly goes like bobs his head up and down. That's when the goblin rolls in after 20 to decide, oh, he suddenly grows large and claws and furry. Yeah. And stunts his wear claw right through your chest. <laughs> and suddenly it's a lot less anticlimactic. <laughs> but certainly when you're... when. Think of about yourself when you're a player. When you die, you want it to be epic in some way. And I try to facilitate that as much as possible. Whether it's you can sacrifice yourself for the party at some point or at the final battle of a campaign. That's a fantastic time. Let me tell you one way that you think you might want to die too, but you don't. Is the guy who's been hunting you the whole campaign. There's some guy, that mysterious guy that keeps coming up. You eventually learn he was hired or whatever. Kind of becomes like a, a thing that everybody's afraid of whatever. You don't really want to die to him because whenever you're like being hunted, the way most gems do it, you, as a player, you kind of feel out of control. He shows up at random points. You really can't ever predict it or prepare for it. You do your best. And it almost feels like cheesy. Oh, like, well, I had nothing I could have done to know he was coming in the middle of the night and leave a black mamba in my bed. And it was going to bite me and poison me and I'm dead in 20 minutes. Did you know that even if you get the serum for a black mamba within 20 minutes, you're still in a coma for a couple days? Are we talking about real life or Pathfinder? No, real life. Actual snake. African black mamba. I know. I didn't know that. Yeah. It's... I'm not a fan of comas. <laughs> Nobody is. They're pretty rough. It's pretty rough. And unlike, like, uh, I forget which one is like the King Cobra where like it just coagulates your blood. And, like you have a stroke because the blood can't go anymore. This one just goes not after the blood, but after your, 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 neuro, your neuro system. It's like 
uh, what do we call it? nerves and stuff. Let's shut those down. <laughs> let's uh, let's let them have a break for a bit. <laughs> so you don't want to die to is what I'm saying uh, to that guy, or at least uh, not not at one of his random encounters. Maybe after you've gone and tried to turn the tables and you're hunting him now, mm-hmm. maybe then it's cool. But otherwise, it actually does feel you feel kind of robbed. Basically, most deaths you want them to be forewarned in some way, like you're in a battle with someone, they hit you a few times, and it looks like you're not going to make it. You don't want to just like fall down a pit and die, right? With just oh, you failed your reflex save, right, right, and you, there's spikes at the bottom, and they're covered in poison, and they're living spikes, so they're eating you now. Your players have agency ways to react to what's happening, and depending on their reaction, they die or not. And remember, characters don't have to necessarily die in a case of a quote-unquote TPK. If everyone gets knocked unconscious but doesn't explicitly die, like they don't hit their constitution modifier or negative hit points, that doesn't mean that they have to die. The DM can come up with anything. They're now captive. They wake up yeah. somewhere else. They're being used in some way. And, you know, you know your players and whether or not they would be into something like that. I lost a character, uh, was a catfolk gunslinger, and he was captured. We had a battle with some guy who was hunting us. And we won the battle and he ran away and I was like, heck no. And I had a, a really good survival and he's in the city. So I survival checked to follow him, follow tracks. And I rolled good and I was found and I meet up with him and he kind of goes into a crowd and then he goes back into the city, like not too far when we go where he attacked us. I'm like, why is he out here? I'm like, and by the time I figured out it was too late. Oh, he's going here to regroup with all his allies. I'm alone, surrounded by people. And I had a pipe bomb on me. Uh, or it's a, a grenade, a, a chemical grenade. I just called it, a, skinned it as a pipe bomb. Uh, and I was like, I'm dead, but I can at least take them with me. So I wanted to like light the pipe bomb on my chest and like give them a hug and like <laughs> see in the afterlife, buddy. Uh, like, that would be like cool death to me. Like I can handle that. If I killed the guy that was hunting us, I'm cool with that. But instead I lost the initiative. Like four of them had initiative ahead of me and they just knocked me out. They beat the snot out of me and I, and I woke up and I was captured in chains and now they're using that character as a bait for the rest of the players later on we're going to try to go save him uh my character's gone i'm not playing him maybe i'll play him way later it's a it's a chance in the wind but it's unlikely uh i was cool with that loss i wasn't upset by it, even though i liked the character a lot it was first off i had only played him like one or two sessions mm-hmm. so i wasn't super connected to him but secondly i went out alone tracking the guy i did it under i was completely understanding that this was what my thought my character would do he was a hothead he he made a lot of dumb decisions uh when he got angry and he was getting really upset at this guy for constantly nagging at him and so he's like you can't run away from me so i understood it that was the way i played him and he went out so my dumb decision to go out alone versus the guy that's been hunting us i get knocked out for something that completely makes sense he was regrouping makes a whole lot of sense all right guys uh it failed over here now we're gonna catch him over here it's exactly what the evil villain would have done and so i lost the guy i was super cool with it i think my gm handled it well there's a case of not losing the character like you said but everything i think was handled well you always have to be careful of that uh it's what my character would do mentality i think it ended up fine for you um what happened to another player in a campaign i was in or another character in a campaign i was in is we were in the desert and we were at like a caravan of wagons that kind of like made a ring to protect themselves from the outside because there was it was orcish territory and while we were there orcs raided it and we were standing on top of this ring of wagons and orcs were just running at us from the desert so we were just planning you know we'll stay up on the wagons attack them from here they try to climb up then we'll fight them because we have the uphill advantage one of the characters was a dwarf with a vehemoth hatred for orcs 
First round, he jumps right off the wagon into a grouping of about 10 orcs straight in the center of them. And he just, he got the beat down, mm. really had no option there. And he wasn't particularly upset about it. He Good. he was confident that it's what my character would do mm-hmm. and I'm okay with this death. But still, I felt it was needless personally. As right. lo- I mean, as long as the player's cool with it, that's always fine. But you, you want to be careful of that because just because your character would do it right. doesn't mean you should do it. And, and especially if it's going to affect your other players adversely. When I did it, my players had won the battle. They were cool. I wasn't leaving them high and dry. And here, now they have to do the rest of the battle uh, without him. Yeah. They could all die now because of him. Now, not only would your would your you know characters be upset, uh, well, the characters would be dead, but your players will be upset at the other player because because you ran, we all died. And now players are upset at each other, blaming each other for a death. That's a scary thing you want to avoid. The tribe of orcs ended up being the dwarfier stabbers, and they actually just cut off his ears and then ran away. <laughs> they were actually very satisfied with that haul. <laughs> but yeah, that brings up something. Uh, if if you make a dumb decision and you're the cause of a TPK, your players are going to be mad at you, especially the ones who are sensitive, or and not even sensitive, just the ones who are, are uh, connected to their character and who uh, get very emotional or are connected emotionally to that character. They're going to be very upset at you because they're going to look at you as the person who killed their character. Right. It wasn't a dumb decision they made. That all the agency, instead of being stolen by the GM for some random thing happened, it was stolen by other players. That's you got to be very careful. You got to think about what your actions are going to do for others. Sometimes people blame you for something that's like, listen, this was a reasonable thing to do. You can't blame me for this, and they might still blame you. You can't do anything about that. But for as much as it is up to you, be careful not to do that to your your fellow players. So I have been playing for a while. All the deaths I talked about was earlier in my career. So this was far in the, in the end of the last season I did with my first, with with this big group, years of playing. Um, and the, I, I, like a, maybe two thirds of the way through the campaign, I think you were even there for it, Christian. Remember I had you come in for that big finale, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, and then they went into like a, a Nazi-esque future. And so I told my players when we picked that campaign back up again, this is going to be no holds barred. I'm not holding any, uh, pulling any punches. This is going to be a rough world. Character death is going to be more common. Things are going to be rougher. You're not going to be going into scenarios that you can always win. You guys got to be smart about how things are going. It's just going to be a rougher world. And they all knew that from the start with. And because of that, I had players die just in the dungeon. Generally, I don't really have players die in the dungeon. Usually it's like at the end of the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I had a player die in the dungeon. It was a clockwork factory. If you don't know anything about clockworks, clockworks are rough. They're tough to beat. They get they're, They've got like a billion attacks that are really high. They're just... Clockwork Soldier is a CR6, and and I know that sounds low, but let's listen here. CR6 Clockwork Soldier is uh, it's got it's a construct, so it's immune to a bunch of crap. It's formal to electricity, so if you're smart, you know you come in with electricity. But it gets its attacks plus 18, plus 13. They do 1d10 plus 13 damage. Wait, wait, wait. plus 18 at a CR6. Yep. Wow, that's that is really high. And then plus 13, 1d10 plus 13 damage times three crit. Oh yeah, and they have DR five adamantine. And they always come with Clockwork Servants, which are a CR2 creature, which repairs them. So they're constantly being healed. And then you can, uh, of course, always be uh, caught with additional Clockwork things. But they were just doing soldiers. And uh, I don't think I had any wizards they were fighting. But regardless, they're tough things to beat, especially in groups. So it was a very tough dungeon. They went through it. They The party as a whole walked out of it. But a player died in just a normal encounter. They were getting stuff to go to the next area of the room, like a key or something. And the clockwork's all activated. And at the end of the battle, one of the guys died. And it sucked. Um, I don't think he was upset because ahead of the game, everybody knew 
We're in a rough world now. It's a rough future. We, we're in a new stage of playing where character death is more common and there's more difficult things. You're finding more difficult things. And it was okay because, you know, we were further in our careers. We all understood more things. We had more tools in our chest. If I if I sent that encounter versus a guy who never played Pathfinder before, they wouldn't think about what DR does it have? What kind of weapon do I need to have? Uh, is it vulnerable electricity? What kind of spells do I need to use? And all the different complications that you can do as you play longer and you learn how to create better strategies in battle. They had their season players. They uh, they knew how to do things, and so it was just it was a fair battle. But I don't. That was something I don't do a lot. Having players just die in a combat, and that goes back to what I said toward the beginning, and that you and your players should be on the same page on like what level of character death you're going to have in this campaign. I'm in a different campaign where it's kind of just like a theme dungeon crawl. Every level, you go through a dungeon, you level up, you go through the next dungeon, and like we're totally okay with save or die stuff in there. That's completely fine because that's what we expected going into it. It's a very, very old school classic theme dungeon crawl with a lot of really unfair stuff. Right. So we're totally cool if one of our characters ends up dying like that because we went in with that expectation and most of us have backup characters should we need one. That's what the place is like, we need a rogue, we need a rogue, we need a rogue, find those traps. <laughs> well, no, there's even stuff like if they end up searching for a trap here, it just goes off. <laughs> it, it's got stuff like that. It was great. Fair and balanced. Yes. <laughs> and it's, always, it's a really delicate balance because I feel like character death is a very very important aspect of a story mm. it, it just doesn't feel like the players are getting enough i guess adversaries if they're not at some point dying or have the real threat of dying you don't want to have them feel like they're uh, invulnerable you want to feel like oh he's not the dm's not going to kill me my character's too important right. and we're the pcs we're important people and outside of dumb stuff we're not going to die right i think sometimes characters dying is very very important yeah it adds a lot to a story i mentioned in a previous episode with uh neil uh koibu talked about a an online gm uh popular and well respected that the threat of death is what makes parts of this game interesting and with the threat of death sometime comes the actualization of it there's a, a warning here not to pull the punch when it is fair for the player to die just because you don't want oh no i don't want my players to die like you're saying it's, it's an important part of the story some of the best and most interesting and complex storylines have ever come out in my campaigns have come out of somebody just dying wasn't planned for it happened and because they died we had very complex storylines so now I, oh oh you know what it's a callback guys we got a callback it's a callback uh mana died who is now in Trailblazers. So she obviously came back in some way. Here's what happened. She died. Uh, guy went to, uh, for a reason I'm not going to explain, she served uh, an evil god. It was kind of like, um, she was pressed into service for an evil god. So when she died in my world, she went to be with him in his realm and serve him. So Guy went to the Temple of Bahamut and made a deal. He goes, I'm an emperor. I will give you worship from my entire nation if you give me back mana. And Bahamut was like, yeah. <laughs> Take this dumb random girl that I was just toying with. And he gave her and he gave him mana and he, and, and he took her away. And then, you know, later on, uh, she she connected with her friends and found out, oh, they're going to the south. And she's like, I want to go with them. And Guy was like, he's completely in love with her. He just sacrificed an entire nation's worth of worship to an evil god just to be with her again. So he's like, I'll go with you. And he made up some excuse for the emperor to go to the south. And that's when uh, I had the TPK where he was trying to do some political intrigue and try to get rest control of the south. And in the midst of it, he was killed by an explosion. And he 
and Mana died as well in that explosion. And so then when he was thrown from the cliff, he was just like bitterly sad. And because of those things, none of those those things were planned. We didn't plan for Mana to die, freeze to death. We didn't plan for Guy to get everyone blown up. We didn't plan for him also to be thrown off the cliff and killed. None of this plan. I didn't plan for him to be the reason Mana died. Uh, because of this, we almost created like this, this storyline where, and, and this is a quote that my players have I've often said to me. It's one of their favorite uh, quotes from the from the whole campaign that we've ever done. Um, they were they were raiding a, a they were raiding a um, a vault of special items, and the guardian told them this. Some of these items can help you travel through time, and others can even raise people from the dead. I implore you, do not use these items. Time travel never has good results. You see, the present wasn't meant to go on without you, and the future was never meant to have you. And it's a universal truth that something bad always happens whenever someone is brought back from the dead. Never has someone been resurrected without terrible consequences. Here's the, here's the quote. For those who are brought back from the grave know this. The world was meant to go on without you, and you were unwelcome. Like a body trying to push a foreign object out of its system, the world will convulse and heave and do everything it can to remove that which shouldn't be in its system. You. We always had a kind of guy and mono were in love and we always had kind of every time a romantic moment was just about to break up, break out, something would happen. And so we had an ongoing joke that the world just didn't want us to be together. Well, that kind of ended up being canon. The world didn't want them to be together because Mana died in that, that tundra and she should never have come back. So when she came back, the world just kept trying to kill her again because it just wanted to set things back to, to the status quo. That's some Final Destination stuff right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? I was I was this close to that receiving a fantastic comment. I thought you were going to say it's a Final Fantasy thing. I'd be like, oh, Christian. But then you gave me some cheesy, crappy, dumb movie that I watched just when I wanted. I did like, that thing we said not to do. That, that mindless <laughs> what thing. I'd compare it to other stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not comparing it, but, but that, uh, that's the rule in right, Final right, Destination. Right. Death once you're dead. So we created this. We crafted this really cool... And I think it's, I think I'm sure the idea is out there in other stories that if somebody like, I think that's not the nation, you should have died. Mm-hmm. But um, that, that wasn't, we didn't grab that from another thing. We just ended up kind of organically creating that really interesting thing. And that, that influenced other things that happened later on of the people who tried to come back to life or time travel that happened just because of players naturally died. It's just the way it happened. And that's just one example of, I can give a, I can give a bunch of cool twists and turns that happened because players died. Characters. Yeah, yeah. Characters died. Because <laughs> characters died. When players died, boy, man, things just oh, went. What a twist. <laughs> what a twist. We, we played D&D on their casket. It was fantastic. He wanted one last game. We carved out of bone. We got bone dice now. I want bone dice, and I can't find anyone who sells them. That's really morbid. I don't want human bone dice. <laughs> you should have specified. <laughs> I want specifically your bone dice. <laughs> no, would it be cool to play with like ebony dice or something? I feel like they ivory, ivory. I don't. They wouldn't not be perfectly... ebony's wood. <laughs> they wouldn't be perfectly balanced, so no. <laughs> ivory dice. Ivory's not illegal everywhere. I don't understand why somebody is not making ivory dice for me. I personally have only ever had one character, quote unquote, die. And it was an incredibly strange scenario. I wasn't a fan of the campaign we were in. It was one of my first DMs. I wasn't a fan of their style of DMing. I think they per- personally, I think they made a lot of mistakes. I don't want to talk too badly about them because I still respect them for getting me into the hobby. But it was overall, I didn't really enjoy the campaign. We didn't really understand what we were doing. It was kind of weird. We end up going to some crypt kind of thing. We get through a bunch of traps. We get to some door. You lift a gem off a statue after answering a riddle. And the statue turns around, reveals a door. You go in the door. There was nothing in the door. So what my character says is, hey, let's 
We'll wait in here. Maybe something happens. Me, I'll wait in here. You guys go put the gem back so the door closes behind me. Maybe there's something in here when the door is closed. And we decided to like split it in half. Two of the other characters came with me. They put the gem back. The door closes. And we end up becoming gods. <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Like some dude comes talk to us. He ends up being some sort of deity. Remember, we were like level four or five at the time. So I was like, okay, perfect, whatever. Perfect. Yeah, great time to meet a deity. And he says, oh, you're all gods now. Here he hands us plus 100 weapons. And we're like, what are we supposed to do with these? What's going on right now? <laughs> and then a neutrino golem came and smashed us. A what? A neutrino golem. I don't know what that is. Uh, neutrino is like star matter stuff. It was literally a golem the size of a universe. What bestiary is that? Is it like a uh, I think they made it up. Okay. And it just punched us. And okay. we, we all got obliterated. And that's how our characters died. What was the point of that? I will never know. You become gods, but I'm going to kill you. Like, I don't... Like, we, he, all he said is we have plus 100 weapons. And I was like, oh, okay. But it's like... It was literally described as like... It is a distance away from us that could be described via galaxies. And as it was coming closer, and I was like, well, what am I supposed to do with a weapon? Weird. And then we just, we just died. What now? So you seem a little upset. I take it this wasn't a campaign. It's like, all right, guys, some weird stuff's going to happen. You might die. It's a good well, thing. Well, we, we, we knew weird stuff was going to happen. That, that was kind of the thing of the campaign. There was a okay. lot, there was a lot of really weird character deaths in that campaign. And just like I said, I was indifferent at that point. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll just make a new character. And f I wasn't into the story in the first place, but I just felt like I, my character didn't even want to become a god. We didn't have any clue that was going to, that was not something I ever would want. Right. Like, even if I got out of that situation, Whatever he planned for us to do, even if we got out, I wasn't going to play the character anymore. Right. I, w I can't play a PC if he's a god. I was going to be taken out of the campaign either way. So no matter what way that went, it was bad for me because I didn't get to play the character anymore. Gotcha. Just randomly it was taken out. And you yeah. didn't make a dumb decision. You didn't go on alone. You split I thought that was clever. You split the team evenly. That way, if they were caught, uh, people behind the door would be okay or people on the other side of the door would be okay. What's the lesson you, you would say our, our, our listeners should take away from that? Don't ever let your characters come in contact with gods before <laughs> level 15 or really ever, please. <laughs> Deities are really important people. Oh, I have another one from that campaign because I mentioned it. Okay. This, this is how not you not kill characters. We have one character who um, I have described them as a lump before. Okay. Um, and I think this is actually one of the reasons. Wait, wait, Christian, what's a lump? How can we find out what a lump is? You can listen to Pathfinder 202 player types and conflict oh excellent and i think this is actually where the problem stems from that his character is afraid to do stuff he was playing a rogue who was infamous for being crappy at his job <laughs> his name was cold sore the unfortunate <laughs> cold sore <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love the character what's your name hemorrhoid the unlucky <laughs> we love the character it was a really fun character and he never he didn't really role play a lot and we were on some island and we were investigating some sort of cult activity. And he's like, oh, and we couldn't get into the church that we thought the cult was in. So he's like, you know, what? I'm a rogue. I'm going to sneak in there at night and see if there's anything going on in there. And we're like, OK. So we waited at the tavern and he went out and he disguised. He snuck through town to get there. He was doing so much stuff. It was great. He was playing his character. And once he got there, he he worshipped a good he he worshipped a good God. I forget which one. And he says, before I go into this weird temple I know nothing about, I'm just going to say a small prayer to my god. And we were like, that's a, that's a really cool character interaction. Like yeah. he, And what the DM like face palmed and like an alarm went off. And his explanation was that the whole island was consecrated. 
And when he did that, it like triggered stuff. And we didn't really like an alarm started going off and like people started looking for him. So he went to go hide in the church. Oh, weird. And he walks into the church and it's dark. And the what he ended up doing was walking into the mouth of some gigantic beast that was inside the church. And its mouth was on the door and it just ate him and he died. Weird. No, nothing to do about it. That's just it. For having a really interesting role play moment for doing his job, he got killed. Yeah, that's the opposite of rewarding your players for role-playing well. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, so that's how you don't kill characters. <laughs> yeah, he did nothing wrong. It's just one of those things where the GM, like, you stole my agency. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you can find a way to kill a character and, and make an interesting storyline, but it sounds like the interesting thing was that the player was praying, not that this weird thing is happening. Right. And I think I feel like since then, that's why the character is afraid to do stuff. He doesn't want to die for no reason. Yeah, he literally walked into a church. Yeah. But no, he didn't say like, there's something off about this church. Nope. Make a perception check. That window kind of looks like an eye. Oh, no, it's a giant mimic. You know, nothing. O- only until after he walked in and was already inside did he say make a perception check. It's like, oh, you're inside a thing and you're dead. I had to make a perception check so you know you're dead. Oh, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, if you fail, he wouldn't have known he was dead. <laughs> I have in my back pocket uh, a building that's a mimic. I don't know when I'm going to use it, where I'm going to use it. But in the bestiary under mimic, it says some mimics have known to uh, take the form of country houses. And I'm like, <laughs> I've got to use this at some point. They're in a thing and like the... Like, oh, we'll see what's in this drawer. Oh, my hand's stuck to it. What's, what's happening? <laughs> see, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Give him a chance to fight and get their guy out. Those kind of deaths don't add anything to the campaign. It just makes right. all the players feel like they have no agency in the story. Yeah. Unlike other, like, I've had a player die in a dungeon when they were fighting a god. Okay, right? You're in a god. That makes sense. You're hunting and killing three gods. You might lose to one of them. <laughs> The thing that I personally want everyone to walk away with above all the things, all the uh, tips that we've given is to really consider, know your players and know how they might react to it. And if you see them reacting, one of the ways we talked about react to it accordingly, especially somebody who's very connected to their character. If they need time or space, give them some time and space and we'll come back to it. Uh, and, and and the number one, I want to repeat it. Do not ever say or give the impression that you feel like, oh, great, now we can split the XP more uh, evenly uh, among less people and we get all their stuff. We must have gotten a lot of XP from this battle, right? Right. <laughs> That's one of the reasons I've gotten rid of XP, by the way. And the thing I think is really important to take away is that make sure the players and the GM are all on the same understanding of what level of character death you're going to have in a campaign. Because like we said, there's different campaigns that have different acceptable character deaths well if you're doing a dungeon crawl thing save or die stuff is fine if you're doing a really intrigue story you kind of want to only want to kill people when necessary or when it it calls for it via combat or story no matter what whether it was done fairly or unfairly dumb or smart when a player dies make it an important event don't make it let's just move on whatever make something happen from it all right, guys, that has been Character Death. Our next episode is one of them I'm actually looking forward to very much, House Rules. So you guys can look forward to that as well, because if I look forward to it, you should look forward to it, because everyone should think like I do. <laughs> and as with our entire 200 series, we are going to end this episode with a Buseyism, and this Buseyism will be Destiny. Destiny, directed energy supporting travel in New Year's. Life is a journey that keeps moving. Wow, Gary, thanks a lot for this one. It just keeps getting better and better with each one. Thank you all for listening. Class is dismissed. Pathfinder Academy is part of the Trailblazer Network. 
For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our site, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. Nurse, uh, looks like BP's 120 over 80. Uh, I'm gonna need a, uh, size 6 scalpel. Why do I roleplay? It gives me the opportunity to build new relationships and heal those with my words. Wow! So that's what I've been waiting on all these years. And I put my heart around in my say, Ooh, man, I've got to tell you something. I've been waiting a long time for that to happen. I'm glad my first time could be with someone from the clan. Thank I, you. I, you're welcome, brother. <laughs> I walk out. I want to clean my hands. Walk back to my room. You have a new job. Well. This is your new job. <laughs> Here is softly speaking Sanskrit. We know why we roleplay. Why do you roleplay? Softlyspeakingsanskrit.com